Hey friend, welcome to Living in the Light. Each week, I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the Word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that you matter and that with God, even the messy parts of your story have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Hey friend, welcome back to the podcast. Today on the show, I have the sweet pleasure of sitting down with Lauren Chandler. This woman is such a huge role model to me, both as an artist and as a follower of Jesus. And in today's episode, she brings to light some of her story of how she has and continues to experience the light of Christ in her life. Lauren also shares about being an artist in her journey creating music and Bible studies that encourage others to love God and to love His Word. Lauren is the wife of Matt Chandler, the pastor of the Village Church, the mother of three beautiful children, and she creates as a musician, a singer, a writer, a speaker, and an author. She leads worship at the Village Church as well as for groups and events across the country. She's collaborated with artists like Bethany Dillon, Shane and Shane, Donna Stewart, Christy Knuckles, and Folk Angel, and she's received a Dove nomination for her work. She's written two books, a children's book titled Goodbye to Goodbyes and Steadfast Love. She's also written two Bible studies, Steadfast Love, a study on Psalm 107, and With Us in the Wilderness, a study on the book of Numbers, which we talk about in today's episode. Lauren would say that more than anything, she loves to stir up people's hearts to know, receive, and connect with the God of the universe who loves them, particularly through worship. I know you are going to be deeply encouraged by the words Lauren shares and the stories she tells. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the wonderful Lauren Chandler. Well, hey, Lauren, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. So for the listeners, would you start us off by just sharing a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, Laurely. Um I am a uh, mother of three and a wife to a pastor. Uh, we live in the Dallas area. We've been um, here for, gosh, we've been in the Dallas area for over 20 years. Um, my husband's been the pastor of the Village Church for um, 18 years, which is crazy. Our oldest is 18. Our middle is 15. Our youngest is about to be 12. Mm. Um, so I'm, you know, mama, wife, um, and then also a worship leader, um, a songwriter. I've also written uh, a book and some Bible studies and a children's mm. book and uh, different sort of things. I'm a friend. I'm um, a daughter. You know, yes. it's hard to wrap all that up, but yeah, uh, definitely a creative. And I love, I love beauty. I love nature. Um, mm. And so that's that's me. So beautiful. Yes. I love watching from afar. Um, you exercise all those giftings, watching you, you on if gathering this past week and, um, pretty soon in our Bible study community, we're going to be diving into your number study. So, Yay. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, you inspire me a lot. 
Thank you. Well, Lauren, I know there are probably many stories you could share from your life Mm -hmm. and career of how you've experienced the power of Jesus coming into dark moments and seasons and bringing you into his glorious light. Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess I just want to ask, what does the light of Jesus mean to you? Yeah. Um, You know, I think the light of Jesus is, is twofold and that it's, it's, frightening, but also uh, just the best place you could be. Um, Mm -hmm. And that when you're coming out of the dark, um, you know, and like, so uh, right now I'm in this room, it's my husband's green room at the church and there are no windows. This used to be a grocery store. And so it's been retrofitted into a, a church and they're just like very few indoor or, uh, uh, windows. And so I'm in basically a closet right now, but I'll walk out, you know, uh, after the church service, or if I've, if I'm doing something like this at church and, and I'll walk into the light, you know, the sun's shining brightly and it hurts at first. It's like, oh my gosh, I wasn't prepared for (laughs) how bright it is outside. And so it is somewhat startling to walk into the light. And I think that's even true as uh, either as we become believers or maybe the Lord, we are believers, but the Lord shines something in particular on our lives that it's kind Mm. of harsh at first where you're like, oh gosh, I didn't, gosh, I didn't know that was there. I didn't know that I needed to see that and look at that. And it, you know, it's kind of harsh at first, but then as your eyes kind of start adjusting and you're able to like truly see, you see the light of Christ also coming and shining on you to illuminate and to cover and to say, hey, this is here and this has been here, but um, but the light of Christ is not meant to just uh, make you feel naked, but also to cover you mm-hmm. and to show you that I I am enough here, um, that, that my sacrifice for you is enough, that my life lived perfectly for you is enough to cover this. Um, mm. But also, hey, let's deal with this. Um, let's yeah. deal with maybe sin in your life or um, or some just unhealthy pattern rooted in sin um, that I want to free you from, yeah. um, that you didn't know was tripping you up in the dark. Yeah. But now I want to show you how I can help you walk in, in freedom in this. And so um, I think in my life personally, I grew up in a believing home, I mm. got saved when I was eight. My mom led me to Jesus. And I would say that my life, even though I believe I was saved at eight, there were a series of awakening to the reality of the gospel in my yeah. life. Um, and so, you know, became a believer, but then like the Lord showed me, okay, there's also this obedience that you need to walk in. And mm-hmm. and so kind of in my teenage years, rebelling a little bit, but then the Lord saying, hey, I'm not just your savior, I'm your Lord. And this is what it looks like to, to walk with me in this. And then um, I would say actually through, which hopefully we'll get to talk about uh, later in, in our talk, but um, in kind of my... Uh, I would say a struggle with music where I felt um, I loved music as a kid. It was always a big part of my life, but it was also one of my biggest struggles. Um, I think the light of Christ shining on that struggle in particular, like 
either not feeling good enough or frustrated that I wasn't using my gift, that I wasn't growing. When he shined his light on um, kind of this desire in me to be to be um, defined by that gift instead of seeing it as a gift and being defined by him and not that mm. gift. Um, I, it was harsh at first. It was harsh to be like, Oh man, I, this has become an idol in my yeah. life. And um, I, I didn't realize it, but God, thank you for shining your light because I was so um, tripped up by this idol. I didn't know I was bowing down to it. I didn't know I was defining my uh, identity by this idol and so him shining on it led me to be able to say, I don't want that anymore. I want you. I want you to pluck up that idol. I want you to put it in its rightful place in my life. Um, and, and I want to um, root my identity, root all of my um, satisfaction and longings and who you are. And then not in this, um, not in in this idol. And so um, that's a really long answer to your question, no, <laughs> but I would say that's what the light of Christ has done in me. Um, and so, wow, mm. that's it. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Um, yeah. And I loved how you, you kind of showed the, the both sides of the light of how it, yeah. the harshness, but then also just the beauty of experiences experiencing his light. He's so gracious to shine even when it's harsh. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, Lauren, you're an artist, a musician, a singer, a songwriter, an author, and a Bible teacher. Um, I admire how you have brought people to know and love God through your artistry and creativity. What has that journey looked like for you? And how did your love for artistry begin to develop? Yeah, um, I I always loved just beauty as a kid. Um, I was very imaginative, somewhat of an introvert, or actually a really big introvert. So I loved going mm. outside and being by myself and imagining things. And yeah, um, uh, and then I was always drawn to music and, but I was always drawn to story too. Like I always yeah. wanted to, I remember like, uh, getting a sheet of paper out and wanting to just, I, I would write scripts for plays that I would make my little brother oh, act out with me. I love that. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, and I would, I would be like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to write a book too. And so I would like, I would start, you know, a, a book and I would draw illustrations with That's it. So cool. and anyway. So I, you know, as much as I think music is where a lot of my creativity has, has uh, manifested, mm-hmm. but I've always, it's been multifaceted. And yeah. I think, I think what happened to me in that is that, um, I, I think I narrowed, I think what happened was I got more, um, accolades or attention or acceptance in music more than I did in those other places. Um, and I got some, I got some acceptance and approval through writing like creative papers and school and stuff. But, um, I, it felt like I had to choose one, you know, and I was like, well, I'm going to choose music because I can sing at church. I can sing at, you know, I can sing here. Um, and so, but I'm not, I'm not mad about that. <laughs> it's worked out fine. And the the Lord's used it, but, um, it definitely, um, 
I, I, I forget what it's called, but it's the creativity gap maybe, or it's the gap between what you know you can do and then what you hear like experts oh, doing. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So I had a friend kind of explain this to me that as a creative, um, you, you have kind of the stuff that you know, you want to do that you're drawn to, you've got the raw material, you're, you're experimenting with it, you're trying different things. And then you realize, okay, what I hear myself doing, and what I hear either on the radio, or I hear someone else do, there's a big gap between those things. And I think I got intimidated by that gap, and kind of got stuck in that fixed mindset, you know, there's that growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And so my fixed mindset was, I am what I am. I can't really grow that much. And um, if I was really good enough, I'd already be there. I'd already arrive. I would already be at that level. And I think you see that too in culture where, you know, there, and there's nothing wrong with being young and talented, but you will see, Hey, they, by age 20, they were doing this. And by this, you hear these stories and you think, okay, well, if by age 20, I don't have a record deal and, um, you know, an album, I am not meant to do this, you know? And so, um, I think I would compare myself to someone else's story and someone else's timeline instead of just, um, having the growth mindset of, you know what? I, the Lord has given me the raw materials. I want to grow in this. Mm-hmm. I want to practice this. I want to use it wherever I can. So if that means I'm singing and leading a, a small group for my church, mm-hmm. then so be it. And if it means that opens doors, great. Um, but but to be honest, that's not where I was. And so, mm-hmm. and I didn't really get there until I was probably in my early to mid twenties. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, I always loved singing, loved singing at church, but was always comparing myself to those around me and right. thinking, okay, am I as good as them or am I better than them? And um, kind of trying to jockey like a position. And it was so exhausting. Um, I was um, not um, satisfied if I was singing because I could hear all the imperfections and all the places I needed to grow that I thought, well, I'm just not good enough. Or I was dissatisfied because I had this like burning in me to sing, to lead worship. And, um, and so it was like stuck in this place between these two worlds in a sense where satisfied, dissatisfied if I was singing, dissatisfied if I wasn't. And, you know, it took a couple of years to really get to the root of that. I'd had this, you know, I'll know I'm good enough if. And so I kind of had these like markers of, I'll know I'm good enough if this happens. And so I'd get to that point and then I'd be like, well, maybe I just made this out of luck or someone's pity or whatever. And so then I'd move that target to something else. And, and so finally, like, what I was talking about earlier, the light of Christ shone on that idol, that there was just like this performance idol, this approval, this acceptance that I will know who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing um, if I accomplish this, if I get this approval. Um, And so it was actually 
through uh, Celebrate Recovery, which is a 12-step program. Mm. <laughs> Our church started, um, wow. I mean, we didn't, we didn't start it. It's a program that actually started in Southern California, but it was a group of guys that pretty much put Jesus back into AA and, and created this whole course. And it was funny because here I was, I was the pastor's wife. And um, I didn't have a problem with drugs or alcohol or addictions, which that's kind of what the course is made for. But I did have uh, just a restlessness and a longing and dissatisfaction. And I felt very trapped and, and burdened in a lot of ways in this area of my life in particular. And so I remember going um, you know, that first meeting and it was so uncomfortable because they had these like chants that you say together. It's not like witchcraft. It's more like, you know, I am powerless, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. And I was like, this is so weird, but it's so good. Like I need to be uncomfortable. I, I need to be uncomfortable. Anyway, it was, um, the Lord used that process to really, um, show me, um, the root of my sin, and um, to give me freedom. And I remember um, kind of towards the ends of working the steps, I thought, Lord, um, I thank you for this gift of music, but I understand that I have been using it for my glory, not yours. I've been misusing this gift. Um, And I understand if you never let me step on a stage and use it again. Like I would rather... I would rather have my conscience clear before you and have you than to succeed in this. And um, what was interesting, and I, you know, this doesn't always happen for everybody, is I, once I prayed that, uh, the people that were leading the recovery ministry were like, hey, why don't you come lead worship for our recovery group? And <laughs> I was like, okay, Lord. I, and I felt like I was in a place where I understood uh, my gift and the calling he had on my life. And I, I was holding it loosely. And I thought, you know what? I, I feel the permission and the freedom to step into this. And it totally uh, transformed my view of leading worship, um, where it became less about what I sounded like. And um, uh, if I did a good enough job to the Lord has entrusted me with this group of people to lead them before the throne of God, to somehow, as I'm connecting with you, Lord, helping that connection between them and you and like helping facilitate that in this moment. And that was so freeing. Um, and and he let me just kind of find my voice. So probably fast forward, maybe even 10 years. So probably five years ago, I, um, Matt was preaching and I was leading worship and he was preaching on, um, I can't even remember, but pretty much he said, Hey, is there something that you just wish the Lord would do for you? You know, and maybe it feels selfish and maybe it feels far-fetched, but would you be willing to just ask him for it? You know, just as a child would ask their, their father, um, would you just ask him like as a a good father does not reprimand their child for asking for something they want how much 
more so does our father is in heaven, you know, not reprimand us or rebuke us for asking for something. And I remember being, you know, kind of standing on the side of the stage. And I just said, Lord, I just, I want to enjoy hearing my voice. Cause I hadn't really up until that point, I was like, I endured like the sound of my voice. Um, and that was the beginning of, of getting to um, grow in finding my voice and, and also grow in enjoying my voice. And as I enjoyed it, I, my voice grew, which is interesting. And, um, and so, you know, it's been a process of, of learning how to grow in my craft and creativity and music, um, accepting who God made me to be and not trying to be someone else. Um, and, and seeing that the Lord has a specific purpose for my voice in particular and to try to sound like someone else mm-hmm. is robbing him and robbing others of what he would want to do mm-hmm. through it. So, wow. yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, but such an encouraging word because I know I can connect to a lot of those similar feelings and yeah. just, I don't know, I just think about how the enemy wants nothing more than for us to not add beauty to this world yep. and to create with the Lord in freedom. Like that's, yeah. he's so intimidated by that. So he, he'll do anything he can to keep us from doing it. But like you said, you just had this restlessness of spirit of knowing, but he's put this inside of me to do, I have to do it. Yeah. So, so beautiful that it took I me mean, a lot of times. I think the Lord does take things away and then just yeah. lays us bare, you know, before him. And then, I don't know, we come we come out on the other side renewed. So yes. just thank you for sharing that. And I know it's really encouraging for the people listening who may be walking through a similar struggle. Um, okay, so something I'm curious about is, I know you've written albums and songs and records and w- in doing that, what was your process like in creating with the Lord? Um, yeah. Yeah. What did that look like? Yeah. So I wish I would like to do more songwriting than I've done. I've, uh-huh. I've done a little bit. Um, and a lot of it usually starts off with, I, I, I'm better if I have some time by myself and then like um, bringing that song. So a few of the songs I've only written by myself and then some I've co-written, but it usually is. I, I'm a sit down at my piano, play a chord, and then just see where it goes from there. Yeah. And usually have a melody in my head and words usually come with the melody. So that's how Mm. I tend to write. Um, And, um, and then let's say I have a song that I'm not completely finished with. I will take to others for, um, either feedback or, um, Hey, help me finish this. And so, um, for my, my EP, I had, um, a few songs that were finished, Mm -hmm. but then I had some that, uh, I just needed just a little nudge. And so I had, um, actually, uh, Shane Bernard, um, helped me and even Beth Bernard kind of, um, she helped facilitate me finishing a few of the songs and they're, they happen to be friends. And so that's how I was um, connected with them. And so, um, you know, I'm probably, I probably do it 
all the wrong way. <laughs> where There's no right way, I'm, is there? <laughs> I know. But I, I, sh- I usually am just, I'm storing up um, ideas and I'm in God's word and um, I'm journaling. Yeah. And I usually just sit down at my piano and start kind of pouring out my heart or maybe I'm driving in or in the shower and I'm just like, start singing something and it resonates with me and I'm like okay there's something here Mm. I need to get my phone record this voice memo see if I can do something with it um so that's kind of the songwriting process for me which I said like I said I want to do more and part of it is making time to do it and um you know just with kids uh getting older and having their own schedules and not all of them are driving and we put our younger two in a, a school that they're at home uh, two to three days a week. And so it's just kind of uh, limited my time for that. For sure. Um, but I am hoping to buy like a little, well, I bought a keyboard or Matt bought me a keyboard for Christmas a few years ago, but then my son started playing the piano and he's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to put this in my room. Oh my and gosh. I just can't bring myself to go up to his messy room to try to write. So, yeah. Um, I'm hoping to get uh, just like a piano to put on. It's honestly in this space between my kitchen, and the dining room. It's like the only space in my whole house that I could put something. Yeah. Um, but the acoustics are good to, yeah, yeah, yeah. but to do some writing. And then as mm. far as like book writing and Bible study writing, I really yeah. rely a lot on the Lord kind of quickening my heart towards something. I'm I'm terrible if you're like, here's what I want you to write on. D- this, 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 this. I I will I will try my best to write according to what you've assigned me. But if I don't feel it, it's not gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I have to have like a stirring in my bones to be able to write yeah. about something um that's convincing or um and so I love that you uh, had just a stirring in your bones yeah. for the book of numbers yeah I know and that <laughs> so cool it's so <laughs> weird um but yeah so my first book was step fast love and it was on yeah. psalm 107 and it kind of started with a woman that had shared um psalm 107 with me she's like I feel like this is gonna be a song or something and I started reading it and I could just totally mm. resonate with this psalm And so, and then my husband got sick and um, that was a huge trial. And in the book, uh, in the Psalm, uh, Psalm 107 talks about um, God's people being caught in a storm and how he, um, he rescues them and he meets them in the storm. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is totally where I've been with Matt's cancer. He is now healed, praise God. But yes, um, so Anyway, so, uh, you know, writing the book was for me taking uh, the scriptures and then seeing my life in it and seeing how, oh, this isn't just my story. This is the people Mm. of God's story. This is like for all time, you know, that God shows his steadfast love to his people in their distress. And a lot of times he uses distress to show them that they need him or to remove some kind of uh, idol or burden, um, or to just save them from themselves. Um, yeah. Anyway, so so uh, yeah, I have to have 
a stirring of my bones. So I had a stirring of my bones for steadfast love. Yeah. Then the, the ladies at Lifeway were like, you've got to make this into a Bible study. So I turned that into a Bible study. So cool. And then um, I was just reading through the Bible and I mm. came to numbers and I was like, numbers, this is not a book <laughs> that I'm super excited about reading that as I got into it, and kind of got through all the censuses and um, in the listing of the tribes and everything, I realized there's some gold in there. There's these stories that were kind of inserted in the midst of these numbers and names. And um, so I started digging around. And one thing that I discovered was the book of Numbers in uh, Hebrew is actually called In the Wilderness. And I thought, mm. you know what, I would probably have picked up numbers sooner <laughs> I'd read that it was called in the wilderness um, yeah. because I think all of us go through a wilderness at least once if not multiple times in our lives and um so again the Lifeway ladies I was sitting with them and they're like so did anything burning on your heart to write a bible study and I said well has anyone done one on numbers you know for Lifeway women and they said no not yet yeah so um that led me to write with us in the wilderness and um it it was challenging but so rewarding mm. to work through a book that seemed either boring or kind of cryptic in some ways um to work through it and then to see how much I learned in that book enlighten the rest of scripture. Mm. Um, I mean, I just, you see it when, um, you know, the kingdom is established or when, um, you know, the, the um, kingdoms of Israel and Judah and they um, fall apart because they've strayed from the Lord. And then you see the righteous Kings um, go back to scripture and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is who needs that the Levites need to serve this way. And you're like, Oh yes. I remember all this from numbers that God ordained worship to look a certain way for his people. And you see the Kings come back to that, to how God designed mm. worship to work for, for them. Um, and so you have all this, um, context for the rest of scripture that really brings some depth and texture to it that I, I didn't, I didn't appreciate before. Yeah. Wow. In the timing of this study coming out, <laughs> just like yeah. what a wilderness season. I know I was, um, so I was drawn to it probably in 2018. Okay. I started working on it in 2019, like August of 2019. And, you know, no idea about this yeah. pandemic, you know? And so as I'm working on this book or on this Bible study, I'm like, wow, God, what timing that I, I couldn't have foreseen this. And, um, right. and I would, I would say even, there was a wilderness that I was personally walking through and I'd walked through some various wildernesses before, right. but one that was pretty close to home that felt uh, pretty disorienting. Um, and so I think it was the Lord's kindness to take me personally and then journey wow. globally through, yeah. through this. Yeah. Seriously. Oh, so cool. Well, I'm really excited for our Bible study community to go through it. Um, a lot of them, we, are right now finishing up how to read your Bible 
the study yeah. that If Gathering did. Um, and it's been a fun setup of just learning about the full big picture of the story of God, because a lot of them have expressed that they haven't researched or yeah. studied at all. They haven't read at all a lot of the Old yeah. Testament. So um, we have the big picture. So yeah. now um, I think that's it's going to be fun to now dive into the book of Numbers. Hey friend, it's Laura Lee. I wanted to get on here for a moment and share with you about Rise Collective Women. Rise Collective Women is an online community of women united in Christ, rooted in God's Word, and rising up for the glory of God. It started at the beginning of quarantine when we all started gathering together for Bible study. And now, a whole year later, we're continuing to meet to encourage one another to stay rooted in God's Word so that we may rise up in our places as followers of Jesus. For only $4.99 a month, you can join me and our community at Rise Collective Women Online, and you'll get access to our online home, our community Bible studies, and the resources that we're creating to encourage you to stay rooted in God's Word and to rise up into your purpose as a disciple of Jesus. Rise Collective Women is a place to connect and to grow together with other women who are following Jesus and excited to see Him move in the lives of women everywhere. When you join as a member, you'll also receive your very own subscription to Right Now Media, the world's largest on-demand Bible study resource library. We are currently in the middle of a Bible study series called How to Read Your Bible, and we'll soon be diving into Lauren's With Us in the Wilderness, a study on the book of Numbers. You can find more information about this in the link in the show description to sign up for Rise Collective Women today and to join us for the Numbers Bible Study. Now back to my conversation with Lauren. Well, Lauren, I, you are the wife of a pastor. Mm -hmm. You both have a significant calling on your lives. You have three children who you are raising and caring for, and you still do such a beautiful job of prioritizing your creativity and mm -hmm. making time to steward the gifts the Lord has given you as an artist. And I think sometimes as women, we feel like maybe we need to sacrifice our creativity or our desires or leadership mm. in order to have the opportunity to get to be yeah. a wife and a mom. I know this is something that's hard for me to see them mm. um, kind of as two separate things instead of um, all of them coming together. Yeah. So I guess I want to ask, what does this practically look like day to day for you? Um, yeah. And also how has, how has Matt come alongside you in that and encouraged mm -hmm. you in your gifting? Mm-hmm. Um. I'll kind of give you snapshots of different seasons because uh -huh. I think the season I'm, I'm in now, I I have a little bit more time to dedicate towards creative pursuits, you know? Yeah. Um, because my kids are older. I, yes, I'm getting a lot more sleep. <laughs> they can, they don't need to be entertained by me or like closely supervised by me. But, um, you know, when they were younger, um, one, the Lord convicted me um, that, you know, there are thousands of women who could sing and lead worship, but there was only one one woman that could be a mom to my, my Audrey, my oldest. And so it was him kind of adjusting my perspective on the calling as, um, as a mother. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think 
uh, as I made room, as I saw that calling differently, um, uh, he made room for creative pursuits uh, mm. in my life. And I was able to, while she was taking a nap, do something. I mean, I, I was writing songs when she was taking a nap, you know, and, yeah. um, um, and so, you know, not sacrificing my role as a mom and her primary caretaker, but seeing how, how could I either bring her along in it or, um, or just, ask the Lord to make time somewhere Mm. to be able to, to, um, use my gifts and, and to grow creatively. Um, even just singing lullabies over her was, Mm. um, was almost like a, a voice lesson in a sense where the Lord really softened and deepened my voice, literally softened and deepened my voice in some ways, just by singing lullabies over my kids. Um, and then, um, you know, now, um, just also seeing ways that I can use, um, my creative pursuits to, um, make our home a place, uh, that's cozy or, cause I love home decor too. Like, mm. um, and I'm very eclectic. So I love, uh, like if I go out, uh, out of the country and revisit a new country. I love to get something that I can bring back that I could display like yeah. oil paint, a little oil painting that I got from Northern Ireland or yeah. these baskets made in Rwanda or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I, I get a lot of satisfaction in creating just by making my home cozy and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's an easy place to, to use some of my creativity. Um, and then just, you know, um, making time for it, having to say no to some things that I really enjoy, but so like I could probably have coffee with someone every morning, you know, that I would be like, Oh, I want to connect with them. And the Lord's like, you know what, that would be great. But then you would never put any time towards writing or, um, maybe organizing your life so that you can have more time to write um, and so, or to grow um, vocally. And so um, I've I've had to say no to things and like budget my time more. And, um, and so, and Matt's been really um, supportive in that. And because he sees that as I, um, as I grow in all the ways God's gifted me and I, steward what he's given me just the the happier I am Mm. (laughs) and the happier our family is too because I don't feel stifled but I feel like I'm operating in what God's given me to do and so you know that means that Matt will sacrifice some of his time so that I can do the things I need to do and, and vice versa. Like mm-hmm. uh, we help one another out in that where mm-hmm. I know that there's some things that are real replenishing to him. Um, if I need to take the kids, you know, to do the things that he normally takes them to do or be home for them. Um, I free him up to do that. And he does the same for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also just encourages me like, you need to do another album and let's save towards that. And you should do this and you should write. And, mm. um, so he's also just like 
vocally and verbally very supportive, but also shows me support and just saying, Hey, how can I help you get here? How can I either help you make time? Um, or let's, let's get you that piano, you know, let's see how we can save up and get that piano to put in the kitchen dining room area. Um, so that's kind of how we've done it. And like I said, there are seasons where, um, maybe one pursuit takes prominence over another. Yeah. So, right. You know, I just came out of Bible study writing. And so I'm like, um, and then I'm actually going to write a children's book now. Mm. (laughs) That's my next thing. Wow. Um, And, and then just kind of, um, realizing there will be time for songwriting. I will make time, but for now, my focus is on this project. Um, so that's, that's how I manage it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I love how it ebbs and flows that it does. Every season looks different depending on what season of life your children are in, what season, like just what the Lord has called you to build in the different seasons requires different things of you. So yeah, that's, that's just so encouraging for me to hear that all of that can, can happen together that. Yes. The Lord stirs things on our heart that we can and should listen to. And logistically, life doesn't always make sense, but he makes it make sense when he does, when he's calling us to do things. So, yeah, so so beautiful. Um, Well, Lauren, I would love for you to just share where people can keep up with you and how they can, can find your numbers Bible study. Okay, cool. Um, I'm most consistent on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> at, at Lauren Chandler. Yes. That's it. We love easy. Instagram. Yay. Um, I also have laurenchandler.com. I'm actually going to rework the website soon. But um, yeah, that's you can find links to all of my books and Bible studies and music um, on my website. And then... Um, if you don't feel like going there, you can always go to lifeway.com and yeah. search my name and I'll pull up the Bible studies. Um, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. And if you're listening and want to join our Bible study, we're doing it together starting on Saturday, March 27th. Um, and we've been encouraging them to order it through Lifeway. So feel Perfect. free to join us. They'll, we'll put a link in the show description um, for you guys to sign up and to find that study. Okay, so at the end of every episode, I do this thing called Lightning Loves um, Lauren, where we just get to know like some random things that you enjoy and love. Um, So it'll be like a lightning round. I'll just name off things like a book or color or anything. It's a list of things. Um, So just say what's off the top of your head. Uh, I say things you love. It doesn't necessarily have to be your favorite thing because favorite kind of stresses me out because there's lots of things, things we love. So um, yeah. Okay. So here we go. First thing, um, baked good. Oh, oh, uh, croissant. Ooh, a croissant. Mm-hmm. Um, a type of restaurant. Mexican. Mexican. <laughs> I'm a Texan. Texan. <laughs> um, yeah. favorite activity to do with your kids. Ride horses. Mm. Yes. You do yeah. that. Uh, a dream date night. Uh, Dining al fresco with my hubby on a just beautiful night and usually having a glass of wine. <laughs> mm, that sounds nice. Um, a book. 
Um, I knew you're going to ask that one. I'm like, which one? Um, uh, I loved the glass castle. That was a, that, uh, by, oh gosh, what's her name? Uh, Jeanette walls. Yes. I love that. That is a good, that's a good story. Um, your favorite day of the week. Uh, Thursday, because we have a date night on Thursday. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, where you like to write? Um, oh man. Um, somewhere quiet. (laughs) Yeah. So not a coffee shop. Actually, I do like writing. You like the coffee shop. shop. Okay. Okay. I do. A quiet one. I take that back. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Okay. A place you've sung that you loved. I think my favorite place to sing in general is somewhere with really good natural acoustics where you just let yeah, the yeah. Um, voices like lift. So like yeah. a cathedral sort of, uh, yeah. Oh, a cathedral. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, book of the Bible. I love numbers now, but probably the Psalms. Mm. I just can't get over the Psalms. Yep. Mm, so beautiful. Uh, coffee. Uh, I, I like just with some half and half, black coffee, half and half. Um, just a, yep. That's it. I love it. Um, and something you love about being an artist, uh, being able to see and create beauty Mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah. 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 So wonderful. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your heart and some of your story. It's such a blessing. Thanks for having me, Laurelie. I so appreciate you. I love what you're doing. It's so worthwhile. Mm-hmm. I just bless you in the, in your pursuit, just in ministry, and then also as a um, believer in in your mm-hmm. art and your craft. And so, I'm just so excited to cheer you on as thank you're you. you're doing it. Mm, thank you, Lauren. You're welcome. Mm, thank you so much. What a word from Lauren today. I'm reminded that artistry and creativity was designed by our creative God so that we could use our gifts to create beauty and to glorify Him. If you listen regularly, you know that I always end each podcast episode by opening up the Word of God and teaching on a passage of Scripture. Using the inductive study method as a guide, I always try to bring truth to light in context so that we can better understand the words written to us in God's Word. It's easy to want to take a passage of Scripture out of context and just to jump to application. But God gave us the whole Bible for a reason. And as we read it, as we dig into it and learn more about the history of the people of God, we learn about our loving and merciful and beautiful Lord and Savior who so graciously gave us His Word to know Him more. Before we dive into a passage of Scripture, I want to talk a little bit about how you can also find this information and do this Bible study groundwork on your own when you read God's Word. I personally like to use the ESV Study Bible as well as the NIV Life Application Study Bible as helpful tools to find contextual information such as who wrote the book, when was it written, where was it written, why was it written, to whom was it written. This all helps us as we learn and as we grow. There are so many wonderful resources out there that can help you as you're reading and diving into the scriptures. Might I add, though, that this isn't all just for knowledge's sake. You can know a bunch of facts about a bunch of people and it can mean nothing at all for you. 
We study God's Word so that we can get to know God. We study it out of love for God and thankfulness for His Word, and it should always lead us to worship God with everything in us as we see His holiness and His glorious nature. This is the God of the Bible. Before we dive into some study, I want to read a passage from Psalm 119 about God's Word, and I pray it will spark in each of us a deeper yearning for God and a love for His Word. Psalm 119, 9 through 16 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Lord God, thank you, Father, for your word and for your grace and mercy towards us every second of every day. May this time we spend reading together and learning today be glorifying to you, Jesus. Teach us what you would have us learn and grow in our hearts a love for you and you alone. Amen. So today, I'm going to encourage you to open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter 5 and read along with me verses 8 through 14. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So the book of Ephesians, you may hear it referred to as a Pauline epistle, also known as a letter, written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. This letter is dated to A.D. 62, when Paul was imprisoned in Rome. He's writing to the people in the city of Ephesus. And Ephesus was a city fascinated with magic and the occult. It helps explain why Paul really emphasized the power of God over all heavenly authorities, in Christ's triumphant ascension as head over the church and over all things in this age and in the next. In reminding them of these things, Paul was reminding them to remain steadfast in their allegiance to Christ himself as the supreme authority and power in the world and in their very lives. If we were to sum up the main themes of this letter to the church, it would be that Christ has reconciled all creation to himself and to God in that Christ has united people from all nations to himself and to one another in the church. These great deeds were accomplished through the powerful, sovereign, and free working of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and are recognized and received by faith alone through his grace. So in light of these truths, we as followers of Christ are to lead lives that are a response of deep gratitude and love for our glorious Lord, At the beginning of Ephesians chapter 5, Paul calls the children of God to be imitators of God by walking in love. 
just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is verse 1. Then he continues in this chapter by giving them instructions on holy living. These instructions center around walking as children of light by living holy lives in our speech, sexual purity, and in life and relationship. And then we get to verse 8 where he says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. He doesn't just say you were in darkness. He says you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Through salvation in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, you are now light in him. Therefore, live as children of light. Live this out in your life. He goes on in verses 9 through 10 to say, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verse 10, And find out what pleases the Lord. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23, we read about the fruits of the Spirit, which says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God's Word teaches us what pleases the Lord so that we may walk in the light of Him who has saved us and set us free. He loved us so much that He sent His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him might not perish but have eternal life. We find this in John 3.16. And we as followers of Jesus are sanctified by the Spirit as we read His Word, as we learn of His love and live as children of light. Paul goes on to say, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Verse 12, it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Verse 13, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Today, Lauren talked about the harshness of light, and how in the light is the best place to be because God in His kindness reveals to us our sin, and we are able to receive His love and forgiveness. God takes sin seriously. The word says have nothing to do with the fruitless works of darkness, but rather expose them. Don't hide it in the dark. Bring it all into the light, for nothing is hidden from God. We are fully known and fully loved and forgiven by Him. So we are able to bring it all into the light and be set free. He goes on in verse 14 to say, This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Those who are in Christ, we have received the light of Christ. We are a new creation. In Christ, we are not the same. We were dead, and He has made us alive. We are called to bring darkness to light, to confess and to turn. That's repentance. To turn from it, because God calls us, as Paul said, to live as children of light, to live in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Followers of Christ have the Holy Spirit living inside them, empowering them to live in the light. I want to end by reminding us all where we came from and why Jesus is really good news. And why living in the light, as Lauren said, is truly the best place to be. Ephesians 2, 1-10 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. 
but because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace, expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. As always, I'm going to end with a quick prayer. Father God, we just thank you so much for something like a podcast, to be able to connect, to hear your children's stories, to read the Word of God together. Lord, we just thank you so much for how you love us and how you chase us down. God, we thank you for Jesus and for the sacrifice that he made on the cross so that we could have faith and be saved and spend one day eternity with you in heaven, Lord. I thank you for the listener on this podcast. I pray that you meet them right where they're at today and that they'll be reminded of the power of the gospel. We love you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening, friend. Did you know that every week I send out a weekly podcast newsletter with show notes, links from the show, and a little update from me, Laura Lee. There's a link in the show description to sign up and I'll send you an email every Monday morning. Are you a regular listener of Living in the Light or did you listen today and love the show? Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and a short review. This helps more people find the podcast. As always, go in light and love, friend, and I will talk to you next week.